Jesus Bible and Current Events from a Christian Perspective. Battling spiritual wickedness in high places, one podcast at a time. This is the High Places Podcast. Hello everyone, this is Jim. A number of things tonight. First of all, I have to start with this. And again, I, um, I always feel like I have to preface this. Uh, Christians are always, uh, uh, accused of harping on these LGBT issues, but, um, we're not the ones trying to pass legislation and writing news stories. Um, so yeah. Um, so speaking of trying to pass legislation and writing news stories, there was a story about bureaucrats in Vermont. And I guess I don't even know if there's legislation required for this, but they're talking about changing the rules of Medicaid in Vermont so that transgender children would not have to wait until they're 21 to have sex change surgeries. In fact, a doctor, Dr. Rachel Inker, said, uh, let's see here, she said, quote, the choice to have surgery is a personal one that should be explored in every age group, end quote. Wow, every age group. So we already know that um, people are uh, like grooming very young children, and sadly we've talked about these drag kids. But it's interesting because uh, first of all, the percentage of kids that, um, even experience this gender dysphoria thing is really, really tiny. And then of those nine out of 10 of them grow out of it by the time they hit puberty or their teenage years, they just, they grow out of it. But nowadays it's a whole cause and it's a way to get attention. And that's what they found too. They have these like cluster outbreaks of teenagers, kids with, uh, you know, coming out as transgender. And it turns out as they study this, they would do this after being on social media with friends and their friends would come out as transgender. And so then they would too. It's like a group thing to belong to their clique. And of course they would get more attention and people would notice them just like teenagers have been, you know, dressing funny and doing funny things to their hair and stuff for decades, right? Cause to get attention, to be accepted by a group. And they're doing this now and they're having like these skyrocketing percentages of people coming out with this. And now, you know, they want to tell them that, yeah, it's okay to have surgery to do this. And, you know, they, um, I mean, it's just crazy. What is this? There was a pediatrician. Let me see if I can find it. Um, Because it was really a stunning story. Um, Dr. Quentin Van Meter. He's a uh, pediatric uh, endocrinologist uh, in Atlanta. And uh, he went to school at uh, Johns Hopkins. Um, And he said... Um, you know, since this stuff has really been, this gender ideology stuff has really been just kind of forced on, uh, the American people, he says, uh, quote, every single transgender patient who has come to me has come from a totally dysfunctional family. There's nothing normal about the environment where these children are brought up. There are emotional traumas left and right. It is so obvious 
that what we're doing is painting over the trauma, end quote. So all these parents that are like, you know, putting their kids on YouTube and doing all this other stuff, putting boys in dresses and then, you know, making a big publicity thing about it. Uh, they're hiding other stuff that's going on in their household. Um, and you know, if this kid, if, if the kid sees that, you know, uh, him, uh, acting this way, uh, you know, brings the parents together or gives, it gives them some positive quote unquote positive attention then, you know, he's going to go along with that too. And so there was, uh, the other story that was out about this was the American Psychiatric Association. So again, it's no surprise that the psychiatrists are, are loving all this, um, sexual orientation, perversion, all this other stuff. Because, well, they know like transgender people are what, like literally dozens of times more likely to attempt suicide um, than the general population. So you have um, you have like lifetime patients for these psychiatrists. Um, but there was this thing from the American Psychiatric Association was really interesting. Um, they're kind of pushing. This was back in April of this year. They're kind of pushing. This, they call it consensual non-monogamy. So, um, adultery, uh, that your partner knows about. Um, and so they've been studying this for a year and they're saying, oh, you know, these people who are doing this, these, um, of course, there's another acronym. So I don't know if they're going to staple this onto the LGBTQIA LMNOP. Uh, one, but this one, uh, has three letters all, all on its own, uh, CNM for consensual non-monogamy. And so they're saying, so first of all, the percentage of people apparently that are doing this is huge. It's like 21% of the people they studied in, like, what was this? I'm trying to get the dates here. Um, 2013 and 2014, uh, 21.9%. 21.2%. And so, um, of the people that they, uh, did this study on had engaged in this behavior at some point in their lives. Um, and of course, uh, lesbian, gay, bisexuals were more likely to have this experience and bisexuals even more than gay and lesbians. Um, but straight people are doing it too. Um, and so the, the APA is, uh, saying, oh, these people shouldn't be discriminated against. <laughs> Just like all the other, um, sexual perversion, uh, nobody's supposed to discriminate against. So here's the next one. So the whole idea of, you know, being, being in a faithful relationship, um, you know, being married to one spouse, no. Um, apparently not. And so, but so you can see the devil's attack here again on the family, on marriage, on these institutions that God has put together. Um, and now all of a sudden adultery and fornication, um, is being, um, pushed, supported, advocated, um, at the very least 
an appeal for support for people who engage in these sins by an organization of psychiatric quote-unquote professionals. I mean, wow. So, yeah, again, I, I'm, I'm sure they're just seeing the dollar signs uh, from all this stuff. And, you know, nobody, the psychiatrists, I'm generalizing, of course, but for the most part, these psychiatrists just tell people to do whatever makes them feel good. Because the big thing they're trying to relieve people of is guilt. Well, guilt is how we know we're doing stuff wrong. The Bible even says that people can numb their conscience. But the conscience is the thing that makes us guilty, makes us feel guilty when we're doing stuff we shouldn't be doing. So it's like, uh, again, taking the batteries out of the smoke alarm uh, so that you won't get panicked when there's a fire burning down your house. And so though it seems like the psychiatric profession, that's why, you know, they talk about these uh, state bans on quote-unquote conversion therapy. But really, if you think about this, what they're actually saying is that psychiatrists can't treat a, a mental illness where someone is confused about their sexuality. And so they use the word conversion because it sounds, you know, like you're proactively trying to change someone. Uh, I believe someone needs to get saved uh, for them to be freed from these sins. But regardless, um, under a law like that, someone can't even get, if, if they want to resolve these issues and not be this way, they can't actually get counseling on this. Because it can be viewed as conversion therapy. And so there's this whole promotion of this stuff. And it's almost like, you know, as they go through each one of these doors, uh, someone's there to lock the door behind them so they can't get back out. And isn't that exactly the way the devil wants things? He wants uh, us to go down a path of sin uh, and get in deeper and deeper so that we feel there's no way out. Praise God that he can free him, free us from this and save us from these sorts of things, all sorts of sins that uh, people have different predilections for. Um, you know, uh, and it doesn't have to be any of these, um, you know, sexual things. It, pride, anger, uh, materialism, um, you know, uh, lying, all sorts of things. The devil wants us to think that we're so far down that path that we can't do anything to get out. And from a societal standpoint, you can see that how systematically these doors are being closed. The doors are open to push people to sin, but um, it's becoming harder and harder to pull them back because they get popularity, they get acceptance, they get a community, they get group support um, from other like-minded, willful sinners um, who have no interest in turning from their sins. Um, and if, if one does do that, turns away, uh, they're ostracized. Like something's wrong with them, like they've been brainwashed, that they're a traitor, that they've gone nuts, that they're part of a cult. I mean, on and on. And so this is really, it's just, uh, that's why um, people should not get too close to any of these things, to any sin. This is why we've talked about this before. You know, uh, the Bible says, 1 Thessalonians 5.22, abstain from every form of evil. Because uh, the closer you get, uh, the easier it is to get drawn in. 
but this is this is interesting to me because um you probably saw this story with the protesters at the um uh what is this uh ice facility in Aurora, Colorado. Uh so the whole immigration thing. And so um uh different people have different views on the whole immigration issue. And so um and that's fine. But this was a particularly interesting event because uh people pulled down the American flag that was in front of this building. Um spray painted it like graffitied it and um and someone tried to burn it but i think somebody stopped them and then they uh, put the mexican flag up on the flagpole but then they they raised the american flag on another flagpole upside down the graffitied flag and that upside down flag is um it's interesting because that's that typically is a, a sign that you need help <laughs> So I guess that was appropriate. Um, and again, so not getting into the whole debate on immigration. But you can see, and we've talked about this before, this whole idea that these global Marxists want to tear down borders between countries. Look at what's been going on with migration in Europe over the last several years coming out of Syria. Um, and I think it was the UN just had some resolution or something from one of their commissions talking about migration being a human right. So you have a right to leave your country and go to anybody else's country and they should let you in. And so again, this is not an immigration issue. If we look toward the end times, when you have a global leader and a one world government and a one world religious system, the whole idea of nations, of national boundaries is wiped away. And you have this global leader. And so you can see these different pieces of this coming together and being put in place for this. The really interesting thing about this is to look back at Genesis chapter 11. This is the Tower of Babel. So Genesis 11. The whole earth was of one language and of one speech. As they traveled east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they lived there. They said to one another, Come, let's make bricks and burn them thoroughly. They had brick for stone, and they used tar for mortar. They said, Come, let's build ourselves a city and a tower whose top reaches to the sky and let's make a name for ourselves, pride, lest we be scattered abroad on the surface of the whole earth. So look what happened. These people wanted to, they got together as a group, and they wanted to do this amazing thing to elevate themselves and their own identity. And so look at God's reaction. Uh, verse 5. Yahweh came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men built. Yahweh said, Behold, they are one people, and they have all one language, and this is what they begin to do. Now nothing will be withheld from them, which they intend to do. Come, let's go down, and there confuse their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So Yahweh scattered them abroad. 
from there on the surface of all the earth. They stopped building the city. Therefore its name was called Babel, because there Yahweh confused the language of all the earth. From there Yahweh scattered them abroad on the surface of all the earth. So look what happened when people came together. And don't we see this uh, throughout history? We can see it today. Cities are much more liberal and embracing of sin than rural areas. Uh, pick a country. Pick a country and you will find this. Um, and so when people get together and they're exposed to each other's sins, and in order to live together in a small place, they become accepting of one another's sins and then wind up embracing one another's sins. They become prideful in themselves, in their sin, in their um, thumbing their nose at standard moral conventions, and therefore by doing so, thumbing their nose at God. And so that it's really interesting what God says here. Behold, they are one people, and they have all one language, and this is what they begin to do. So God saw the danger in all these people coming together as one group, because what they did was pride, and they tried to glorify themselves. And so God's solution to that was to confuse their languages so they would spread out and become separate over the whole earth. So it makes sense that the devil and um, the person he's operating through, the beast, at the end times, would want a one-world government and a one-world religion and want to bring everybody together under one rule to undo what God did at the Tower of Babel. And so this whole thing about migration, about uh, borders being wiped out, this is a reversion back to Babel and what these people tried to do. And so again, not surprising that in the last days, you'll see the beast do this, try to bring everyone together again. And what happens at the end? They fight against God. They mass together by the tens of millions to fight against God, like literally, like militarily fight against God like they think they can win. Talk about pride. But so God scatters them back in Babel, and in the end times they come back together and attack him. And so these things that we're seeing just set the table for all this. I think it's just wildly interesting. And so when people come together, look at the sins they engage in. Pride, look at Sodom and Gomorrah, look at the things we've talked about earlier. Look at the things that go on in cities in this country as compared to the more rural areas. That's where you find most of the Christians. So it's just interesting to see the things that are in the headlines today, and you can really draw lines between what's going on and what the Bible talks about with the end times. And you can look at God's word over and over again and see where the devil is trying to undo everything that God has set up, piece by piece by piece so that the whole world is in re rebellion at the end, and they do all want to attack God. But praise God, Jesus wins in the end. He comes back. He comes back with a white robe sprinkled with blood, 
eyes of fire and a two-edged sword out of his mouth. He can destroy with a word. And he wins in the end. And his children are going to come back with him. We're going to be, we're going to be raptured uh, prior to this. Or if we die, we're already going to be uh, in heaven with him. But when he comes back for this final battle, we're going to be there with him. We're going to have the best seats, though. We're going to be up in the sky with him right behind him. And we're going to see God's enemies destroyed. And the millennial kingdom start. So as we see these um, events, these chess pieces moving around the board, um, and the world thinks that uh, it's got Jesus cornered, um, he's going to pull off a tremendous checkmate at the end. Uh, and we're going to be there with him, and we're going to be uh, there to praise him and glorify him for his justice. Uh, I just hope uh, between now and then, a lot more people open their eyes and understand the danger they're in, and they repent, and they believe in Jesus by God's grace. Just some interesting things. We'll talk again soon. Take care, everyone. God bless. Good night.